Now after they had left, the Magi that is, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, get up, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you, for Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. Then Joseph got up, took the child and his mother by night and went to Egypt and remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet, out of Egypt I have called my son. When Herod saw that he'd been tricked by the wise men, he was infuriated and he sent and killed all the children in and around Bethlehem who were two years old or under, according to the time he'd learned from the wise men. Then was fulfilled what had been spoken through the prophet Jeremiah. A voice was heard in Ramah, wailing and loud lamentation, Rachel weeping for her children. She refused to be consoled because they are no more. When Herod died, an angel of the Lord suddenly appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, Get up, take the child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel, for those who were seeking the child's life are dead. And Joseph got up, took the child and his mother, and went to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was ruling over Judea in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. And after being warned in a dream, he went away to the district of Galilee. There he made his home in a town called Nazareth, so that what had been spoken through the prophets might be fulfilled. He will be called a Nazarene. The Gospel of the Lord. So this gospel is always a buzzkill when it shows up so soon after Christmas and on New Year's Day, no less, this time around. This story of Herod's slaughter of the innocents, as it is so affectionately known, is a fly in the ointment of our Christmas celebrations. It is a turd in our New Year's Eve punch bowl. It is rain on our parade all the way around. And it's a story we might wish we would have stayed home and away from on the first day of a brand new year. It is Matthew's gospel moving straight from the story of Jesus' birth, told really in just a handful of sentences that say nothing about shepherds in fields or mangers in Bethlehem or angels singing glory to God in the highest or peace for those whom he favors. In Matthew's version of the story, Mary takes no time to ponder or to treasure any of the lovely things that we celebrated on Christmas Eve by the glow of candlelight. In Matthew's version of the Christmas story, Mary and Joseph are engaged. There's going to be a baby they're going to name him Jesus because he's going to save his people from their sins, and that's it. That's the tweet, according to Matthew's gospel. And then some wise men show up, raise the ire of King Herod by tipping him off that this king of the Jews has been born, and before you know it, the first family's on the move again. They're on the run, suddenly refugees to Egypt so that they can spare their son from the mass murder of children. Infants and toddlers, two years and under, in Joseph's hometown. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year, too. So, in keeping with this theme, ugly as it is, 
Did you know that there's a war going on in Yemen that has been raging for the last eight years? And did you know that tens of thousands of children have been orphaned there because of that war? From what I can tell, the ugliness in Yemen is barely on our radar in the United States. And I suspect the reason that war doesn't make the news like the one in Ukraine does, for instance, the reason their president doesn't get to speak in front of our Congress, the reason their plight doesn't make it into our consciousness in the same way is twofold. First, because they are brown. And because Yemen is the poorest country in the Middle East. And second, because smarter people than me call it a proxy war between Saudi Arabia and Iran. We like the oil that we get from Saudi Arabia, and we like it to cost a certain amount of money and not so much more. All of that's another story. Something, um, and smarter people than me, call what's happening in Yemen the worst humanitarian crisis in the world, and it's been going on since 2015. And it made me think of Herod's slaughter of the innocents because, in addition to all those orphans the war has created, 10,000 children have been killed or maimed, and up to 2 million children have been displaced, just like Jesus, since all of that began. Merry Christmas. And did you know there were more mass shootings than there were days in 2022. Almost twice as many mass shootings as there were days in 2022, according to one source that I read. And did you know that this has been a true statistic since 2019? More mass shootings than days in a year, I mean. But I digress, it's Christmas. And our theme today is children. Last year, just in the United States, 3,000 597 kids died by gunfire in our country, according to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Nearly two-thirds of gun deaths involving kids, 2,279, were homicides, which have increased by more than 73% just since 2018. Most of these involved black children, even though they are a numerical minority in our country. Last year, suicides made up almost 30% of gun deaths among kids to the tune of 1,078. Unlike homicides, it's white kids, mostly white teenage boys who die by suicide using guns, but that's growing among black and brown kids too. The United States is the only country among our peers, which means supposedly that we are advanced in terms of industry, technology, standard of living, and whatnot. We're the only country among such leading nations where gun violence is the number one cause of death among kids now. In other countries like ours, kids are more likely to die from car accidents and cancer. In the United States, in 2020, 4,357 kids under the age of 19 were killed with a gun. In Australia, the same year, there were 10. 
In the United States in 2020, 4,357 children under the age of 19 were killed with a gun. In Great Britain, there were eight. In the United States in 2020, 4,357 boys and girls under the age of 19 were killed with a gun. In Japan, there were five. Merry Christmas. But to bring this back to something more closely related to Mary and Joseph and Jesus, on the run, remember, from Herod in Bethlehem to safety in Egypt. It's interesting and timely and meaningful to know that nearly 130,000 migrant children entered our own government's shelter system in 2022, which was an all-time high, thanks to record numbers of minors who show up unaccompanied, alone, by themselves, without a parent or a protector or a guardian to claim them. That's 8,000 more than last year, and this statistic is two months old already. Can you imagine how desperate and dangerous things must be for a child to be sent or taken to or left in a foreign land without a parent, a protector, or a guardian to claim them? I know kids who won't go to summer camp on their own or who are afraid to spend the night at a neighbor's house. Merry Christmas. We are generations away from Herod's slaughter of the innocents, but all of this is why Matthew invokes Rachel as part of this version of the Christmas story. Rachel weeps for the children, for her own and for others and for ours. I imagine, too. See, when Matthew, by way of the prophet Jeremiah, invokes the notion of Rachel weeping for her children, he was making reference to the people of Israel banished to exile and captivity in Babylon and having to literally pass by the grave of Rachel, one of their matriarchs, whose grief cried out from the ground on which they traveled. That was the weeping and the loud lamentation that they heard at Ramah. While God promised them hope and deliverance and salvation in the end, there is good news here. Much like the good news of Christmas means to be for us now, Rachel was the mother who wouldn't let the people forget about the children, her children, their own children, or any of God's children for that matter. Rachel's tears were the rain on their parade. And I think we're supposed to listen to Rachel still as we hear this hard, holy story about Herod's slaughter of the innocents and as we see it happening among us still in so many shameful, surprising, scary, sad, sinful ways. But thank God for Rachel who is every mother weeping for her children, even while living with hope for what has come and for what is coming in Jesus. Thank God for Rachel, who is every father, weeping for his children, 
even while searching for the joy that has already been born and that will be born again in Jesus. And thank God for Rachel, who is every parent. And she would, could, should be all of us together, weeping and wailing and refusing to let our own comfort and joy, our own silent nights, our own peace and prosperity, to allow us to neglect the reason for Christ's coming in the first place, to bring good news of great joy for all the people, to save God's people, all of them, from our sins, and to shine light into the darkness in a way that the darkness cannot, has not, will not ever overcome it. Amen. Merry Christmas. <laughs>